Hi, this is Pastor Bob Yandian. I want to talk to you today and tomorrow about the sword of the Word of God. This Word of God inside of you is God's sword. It comes to cut away things that you don't need in your life, but bring into your life the answers that you need. But once it's in you and you begin to use it, it becomes your sword against the problems of life. Ready to go to the Word of God? So am I. For more than 40 years, Bob Yandian has been an expositor of the Bible, making seemingly complicated doctrine easy to understand. Grab your Bible and something to take notes with and study the Word of God with Pastor Bob Yandian. Hello, welcome again to Student of the Word with Pastor Bob Yandian. Great to have you here with us today. I want you to turn to Hebrews chapter four. We're gonna take a look at verse 12 and we're gonna talk about the Word of God today. We're gonna talk about the sword of the Word. The Word of God that's in your Bible, that you place in your heart, that you memorize, that you study, that you meditate on, that is God's sword. We're also gonna talk about today the word of God that comes out of you through your mouth and that's your sword. And so it's interesting because the word for sword in both cases is the same. We're gonna talk about what the word of God has to say. And while you're finding Hebrews chapter four and verse 12, I have a praise report here. It says, great word. Thank you, Pastor Bob. Uh, my name is Renee and I'm watching from the Philippines. Wow, that's really great to have you. Thank you, Renee, for uh, contacting me. Let me know the word of God is a blessing to you. And if we're listening, if the word of God's a blessing to you, just text us, write us or something, you know, and, and let us know. Send us an email and let us know what it means to you. Keep it short and I'll put it on the broadcast. And uh, I'll mention your first name, won't mention your last name. So unless you want me to, yeah, I still probably won't do it. But still, again, glad to have you listening to us, watching us. And again, what a great blessing. Some of you watch me in the car. But of course, of course, you can't watch it. You just listen to it. But that's about okay, because honestly, I just sit here and the word coming out. So it's not like I'm writing on a board or something like that. But again, you can be blessed by that. So glad to have you here today. And again, you know, the, the broadcast has been growing. We've been adding stations and uh, some of the newer ones we're on and just, you know, they're doing very well. So I want to thank you for that. I know I'm supposed to thank God for it, but I thank you for it too, because you and God are my two great blessings. And uh, God's the one that called me, equipped me, gives me the word of God to speak, but you're the one that provide the finances so that you see all this equipment around us. And that's, that's literally what you have helped to purchase and our airtime, all these things. And so again, publishing books and uh, CDs, flash drives, all these things are just wonderful things, tools that we use to get the word of God out. And I believe we're living in very critical times. I believe that time is short as far as the time the church will be here. I believe we'll be leaving soon. And I don't know exactly when soon is, but it's a whole lot sooner than when Jesus said it would be soon. And he says for us to look up whenever we see these things begin to come to pass. Notice he didn't say when they're coming to pass. He said when they even begin to come to pass, he said, lift up your head, look up. Your redemption is very close. So I believe our redemption is very close because not only is the spiritual kingdom of God lining up with it, but also the physical world around us, the nations around us. Again, we see them lining up headed toward one world government, but we know that's only gonna last for seven years. Jesus will come back and set up his government on this earth for the first thousand years. And that will be Jesus Christ ruling and reigning on the throne. So we have some great days ahead of us and you and I will spend that time in heaven and uh, looking forward to some great things as far before we go. And that is to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ and to spread the word of God so that not only can people get saved, they can become disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for helping. If you'd like to become a partner with me, go to my website, bobyandian.com. You'll find a place there where you can become a partner with me. And I thank you ahead of time and look forward to you and I working together to help accomplish the kingdom of God. We'll never know all the results of it until we get to heaven and spend time with the Lord there and see people we actually led to the Lord, not even knowing it. 
people we led into uh, becoming a disciple of the Lord. We didn't even know it. And again, we will be doing this together. Thanks again and love to hear from you. And also again, have you become a partner with us. Hebrews chapter four and verse 12 says this, for the word of God is alive and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of the soul and the spirit of the joints and the marrow and is a discerner or a critic of the thoughts and intents of the heart. There's so many things that are in this verse of scripture and simply tells us the word of God is the only thing that can truly divide between the soul and the spirit. Why is that important? Because soul and spirit are basically one. They're united together. They're two separate things, but united forever. Wherever the spirit goes, the soul will go too. And that's why when you die, your spirit goes to heaven. And we're told later on in Hebrews chapter 12, that if you looked into heaven, you'd see the spirits of just men made perfect. Well, their soul is there too because they think, they act, they sense things and all this again. So the spirit and soul literally come together. But there's only one thing that can tell us the difference between what we hear from our spirit, what we hear from our soul what the purpose of the spirit is, what the purpose of the soul is. Uh, in the spirit, we know everything. In the soul, we're learning each and every day. And so the Holy Spirit lives in my spirit, but it's up to me to fill my soul with the word of God. And that's why he's telling us in this verse of scripture, that's the power of the word of God, for the word of God is alive and powerful. And so alive and powerful really just kind of amplify this verse of scripture, different uh, areas of this verse of scripture. It talks about soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and is a critic of thoughts and intents of the heart. So let's go back and take a look at without digging really deep into it. I really want to bring out that word. Uh, the word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword. And he's simply saying that there are some really sharp two-edged swords in the world, but the word of God is so much more sharp than that. The Greek word here for sword is the word makaira. And this was a Roman sword. Other swords around the world, we'll get into it a little bit later in this broadcast. We'll talk about different swords, plus we'll talk about the Machaira. But this was a really uh, wild invention of its day. It's like it was the leading thing of its day. It changed history. And every other person and every other armies used big swords and uh, carried them across their shoulders because they had this simple idea that if I just swing this big sword, I'll kill a whole lot of people at one time. Well, a big sword comes at you. You got to cock it before you use it. And it gave the enemy time to duck and to, and to move and then come back at them. And they would often find that the big sword was really a detriment, but they still did it because it looked macho. It looked great. But the, the uh, Romans came up with a short sword. It was about 18 inches long. And it was instead of being sharp on one side or just sharp on the point, it was sharp on both sides and sharp on the point. And it was very lightweight. You could easily use it. And whenever they would swing a big sword at you, you could just duck, but you could use this thing and you could uh, pierce them with it. You could move it left, right. You could do all types of things with it. And so we'll talk about that more, but this was the Machaira. And again, one of the greatest inventions of its day. In fact, we are told in history that when the Romans came up the hill the first time headed toward the barbarians who had gigantic swords, when they came with these little 18 inch swords, which looked you know, like just a, a, a little larger knife, they came up the hill with that thing. The enemy actually laughed at them, but the ones laughing were the Romans who marched back down the hill and the uh, barbarians were dead on the hill. So this again comes back to, this is what the word of God is. So it's alive and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Your personal study of God's word is to become skillful in understanding and spiritual growth. This is why we study the word of God, to become more skillful in taking the word of God. And once we study it long enough, the Holy Spirit can begin to draw on what we have studied and pull things together. I can't tell you how often I've been 
and teaching it, and even on the broadcast here, something will come to me I studied some time ago, even a few years ago, and line up with what I'm teaching here right now. Oftentimes, I'll insert it while it comes to me, or other times, I'll just kind of put it off on the side and decide I'm going to go back and study that some more. But this is what the Holy Spirit does. He draws from the reserves that you have inside, and that's why we are to study the Word of God very, very rarely. Does the Holy Spirit tell you a scripture that you've never studied, that you didn't know was in the Bible? And yes, he can do that. And yes, I've heard of times when people have said that. It's never happened to me. Whenever God brings a verse to me, it's something I studied maybe in the past few weeks, past few months, or even years ago, but they're still stored in there and the Holy Spirit brings it out and I often see it applied to this situation. It's also true when I was pastoring, there'd be times a verse would come to me and I would put it in there. And it just, it just made the sermon. In fact, people would say that that one thing you talked about, and I'm thinking, you know what? I didn't even study that. It wasn't in my notes to put it in there, but years ago, I studied that. In fact, it was in that sermon back there, but all of a sudden that thought came to me and it fit in this sermon better. Let me tell you something else that's often happened. I've been preaching and get a word from the Lord about a certain scripture, but when I got it, it's like, I, I just thought, no, no, you know, I don't know what to do with this thing or not, but I went ahead and put it in and yes, it was good, but there's other times I haven't put it in, just didn't feel led to. I mean, it was just like something we said, no, this isn't for now, but later on, a few months from now, that will come back to me and it fit in that sermon then, and the Lord will remind me of that. There's often been times too that I have been teaching and I'll get through with the sermon, look down at my notes and I left out a section. I thought, I left out that entire section. I really wanted to get into that. That was kind of like one of the big meats of my sermon. And I went right over it, didn't even notice it. And you know what? About two or three months later, I'll be preaching. That thought will come back to me and it fit better in that sermon months later than it did in this one. You see, I know a God that serves the future and I serve him. He understands what's gonna come in the future. And this is why I put my trust in him. This is again, the purpose of studying the word of God. The word of God is what brings you into maturity. It's not your spirit that makes you mature. It's your soul, your mind, which is filled with the word of God. In fact, Chapter 12 of Romans calls it the renewing of the mind. So study of the word of God brings you into maturity. So you're able to handle all the problems of your flesh, all the problems Satan throws at you, all the temptations of the world. And you can, again, as the word of God says, you can speak to these things. Romans chapter eight tells us, and what shall we say to these things? If God be for me, you cannot be against me. And the things that are mentioned there are famine and plague and pestilence and all the different things that come into our life. We're able to handle them through the word of God. So the word of God, again, inside of us, it brings us into maturity. The more you know of the word of God and the more you apply it to life, the more you become, I mean, honestly, when life is throwing you, you know, curve balls and things like that, you still have stability. You still have the wits about you to think about what you're doing and to make the right decision. And pressure doesn't affect you like it used to. The word of God produces stability and strength of salvation. Isaiah 33, six says wisdom, that's application of the word of God and knowledge, that's input of the word of God. So input and output of the word of God, wisdom and knowledge shall be the stability of your times and the strength of your salvation. Stability comes again when the word of God is in you and stabilizes you. Uh, many years ago when I was in junior high school, we had a uh, an assembly and they, they basically put this assembly around some of the things that they knew about science and they produced them to us. But they had a man come up and teach us some things. And what he did, one that I'll never forget, was he had a briefcase, a good size briefcase. Inside of it, he had a bicycle wheel. It was off a small bicycle, but it had handle grips in it. 
And he opened up uh, that briefcase. It would only open about this far and it had some straps that stopped it right there. But it had inside, it had some things that he could hang that wheel on. And so he got that wheel turning. In fact, he had a young man come up and hold against it, hold against that uh, uh, bicycle wheel, a motor. It started those bi- that bicycle wheel turning faster and faster and faster. In fact, I was on about the third or fourth row in that assembly and I could hear the, whe- the wind whistling through the spokes of that thing. He took it and put it down into the briefcase briefcase and then closed the briefcase. We knew that inside that briefcase was a wheel spinning really, really fast. So he asked the young man that was up there, he said, pick up the briefcase. So he did. He said, swing it straight back and forth. So the guy, the kid went like this. And I mean, nothing to it. He said, now I want you to do that and turn at the same time. So he tried this, but he couldn't turn. That thing would not go to the right or to the left. It stayed in a straight line. He could do this, but he could not do this or do this because that thing stayed in a straight line. He said, this is how a gyro works in a large ship. He said, large ships as they're moving, he said, the, the wind's coming. He said, then the, then the waves come and during really bad storms, it can knock it off course. He said, but once you get the gyro working downstairs, he said, it actually keeps it upright and it also keeps it going in a straight line. And this is what the word does to you, wisdom and knowledge. Wisdom and knowledge, wisdom and knowledge, wisdom and knowledge. And the more that you get, the more stable you become. Wisdom and knowledge, shall be the stability of your times and the strength of your salvation. I'll see you right after the break. Hearing the Word of God and then doing the Word of God forms a foundation of solid rock in your life. Hearing the Word of God and then not doing it forms a foundation of shifting sand in your life. In these six lessons, Pastor Bob Yandian reveals that it is not just the hearing of the Word, but also the doing of the Word that brings blessing to your life. Based on Matthew 7, this series explains the importance of building your life on the strong foundation of God's Word. Hearing and doing the Word of God gives us power over sin, power in prayer, power to produce good works in our lives. The Holy Spirit brings holiness, stability, and power in our lives through the double-edged sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. To order Standing on the Rock, visit our website at bobyandian.com. Bob Yandian Ministries is training up a new generation in the Word of God. Because of your generosity and faithfulness, this teaching ministry is able to change countless lives. You will never know until you get to heaven how many people received Jesus, were filled with the Holy Spirit, healed, or found God's will for their life through your support and prayers. If you would like to become a partner with Bob Yandian, visit our website at bobyandian.com and click on Partnership. What you just heard the announcer talk about was my series on standing on the rock and the rock is the word of God and your ability to stand on it. And again, it becomes that uh, sword in your life that God produces. It's the sword that comes in and begins to cut away the excess and the wrong thoughts and get you right down to what really counts in life. So be sure and get yourself a copy of that. Again, the verse we were talking about was Isaiah 33, 6, talking about the importance of the word of God in your life. And it says that wisdom and knowledge shall be the stability of your times. I talked about that with that gyro, but let's talk about the next phrase. Shall be the stability of your times and strength of your salvation. 
You ever, and I know, listen, I've done this before. I know you might be shocked at this, but there's been times, you know, that that as long as I've been born again, there's times I doubt, was I really saved? One of my, one time I remember when I studied about how simple salvation was instead of making me happy that it was so simple, I got depressed like, oh my gosh, you know, isn't there more to it? And I began to think there's got to be more to it than just believing in Jesus and accepting him as your Lord. There's got to be more to it. Man, the longer I studied it, the more frustrated I got. I got and then I began to think, am I really saved? Is there more to it than what I thought? And you know what? I began to get fearful. Was I really saved? And of course, the Lord had to bring assurance to me. Yes, you are. If there's, listen, there's no other place to come back to for your strength of salvation than the word of God. That's what Isaiah 33, 6 says. The two things it says the word of God produces is first of all, stability. Uh, the word of God will be your stability. And the next of all, it will be your strength of salvation. The reason why I know I'm saved is I come back to the word of God. I don't have to trust feelings. I don't care what other people tell me. I don't care what religious people tell me that unless you're really, really living for the Lord, you're not going to heaven. I know that I'm born again and going to heaven. If I'm really, really, really not living for the Lord, it's gonna affect my rewards in heaven, not the fact that I'm gonna go there. I am a child of God, period, over, out. The moment I accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior, I am born again. But what gives me strength of salvation is knowing what the word of God says to where I, when I wake up in the morning and I might've had a bad dream that I went to hell last night, I can laugh at that dream and say, well, you're not true because you contradict God's word. And I know the word of God is my strength of salvation. Then it goes on to finish that verse. Not only is the word of God in you produce stability and strength of salvation. It says the fear of the Lord is his treasure. The fear and reverence of God is the treasure that you have. In other words, there's one reason I don't wanna sin. I really love God. I really don't wanna hurt him. And I want this strength of salvation in me next of all to turn into that the fear of the Lord, the reverence for God is the treasure of my life. The most important thing I have in my life is I don't wanna hurt the heart of God. That's why I won't sin. I wanna please the heart of God. And that's why I live for him twice. God the Father said of Jesus, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. I want him to say that of me, that he's well pleased with me. The reason why he was well pleased with him was not because he was gonna go to heaven or he was a child of God. The reason why he was pleased with him was because he's living it in front of people and that's what I want God to see in me. So the word of God produces stability in me, strength of salvation. It is my treasure that I have in life. The word in you produces discipleship, the visible witness you have to the world around you. And I want the world around me to understand the highest treasure I have is not my car, my home, or what's in a savings account somewhere. The highest treasure I have is my relationship with God and literally the reverence I have for him, that literally he is the guide of every part of my life. So what does it come back to again? The word of God in you is God's sword. It comes in and divides between the soul and the spirit. It divides between what my natural desires are and what spiritual desires should be. It can help cut away those things that don't matter in my life that I've often looked at and thought these are really important. And one day realize it's not as important as I thought I would. Personal study of God's word makes you skillful in understanding the word of God and then also growing up spiritually. The study of the word of God again brings you into maturity. Then you're able to handle all the problems of life. 
That's why the Bible says, study to show yourself approved unto God. A workman, it's work to get into the word of God, but I wanna show myself approved to God. I want through the study of the word of God for him to say over me, well done, good and faithful servant, Bob. And I'm gonna make you ruler over much in this life as well as in eternity. And then he goes on to say, a workman that needs not to be ashamed. So as I've just pointed out again, the word produces stability, strength of salvation, but again, it becomes the greatest treasure that I own in life above everything else. And that's why the book of Proverbs tells us over and over again that the value of the word of God is more than rubies and diamonds and gold and silver. And these are things in the natural life we put up on such a high pinnacle. And God says, there's something even more important than that. You can only use gold down here and silver down here, but the strength of your salvation, the wisdom of it and the worth of your salvation will go on forever and forever. So again, this is what the world sees. What God simply says is his word in me, his sword in me is to help cut away the things that don't matter, leave the things that do matter to where when the world sees me, they will see Jesus. No wonder it says in Acts chapter 11 that the things of God that were brought there, the things of God that were produced in life actually caused the people to look at them and say and call them Jesus's or again, Christians, little Christ's. This this is what the word has done for us. God's word, again, in us is our strength, is our life, and this is the sword from God. But I wanna talk about once the word of God gets into you, then it comes something that we speak out to the world around us, speak out to circumstances around us. And this is the Greek word rhema, and it means the spoken, the communicated word of God. And so in Ephesians chapter six and verse 14, I wanna take a look there. And it says in Ephesians six fourteen, it says, stand therefore having girded your waist with truth. This is the word of God. Now we bring the word of God to our outside living and our waist is again girded or uh, banded up with the truth of the word of God. Having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having your feet covered with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all taking the shield of faith, which you may be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit. Same word we have here. This is Machaira. God's word in you becomes a Machaira back there in, in chapter four of Hebrews and literally exposes what's wrong, brings us to a point where we can now understand the word of God, be a walking, talking, visible example to the world of what a disciple should be, a follower of Jesus Christ to where one day look at us and they call us little Jesuses. The word Christian in the Bible, in the book of Acts chapter 11 was not a reference to somebody that's accepted Jesus. It is a reference to someone who's walking with Jesus. In other words, they become a visible visible Jesus. When you're saved, just saved, you're not a visible Jesus. It's on the inside of you. But God wants you to work out your own salvation where the world can see it. And that comes by the way of works in front of the world and your witness in front of the world to where one day you have now taken the word of God and it not only comes out of your life, but it begins to come out of your mouth. And that's why it's called the sword or the machaira of the spirit, which is the word of God. And the Greek word there is rhema, which is the spoken word of God. I think probably the greatest spiritual weapon we have is the sword and it's the only one that's an offensive weapon. And so the rest of them are all defensive weapons. This one is one we go after Satan with and it is the powerful word of God. Throughout the word of God, the word of God spoken changed everything. In fact, it was the word of God that created everything.
It's the word of God that brought miracles, signs, wonders. It raised up a deliverers for Israel. It raised up kings. It raised up prophets. And so again, the sword is what God has given to us. And that same word in our mouth, in fact, what's great is today in our day, we have a totally completed Bible. Back in those days, they only had it from the lips of the prophets, the, li the uh, lips of those who were teaching the word of God in the nation of Israel. And they had to go and get it from them. They didn't have it in print form. And even when Jesus Jesus stood up in front of everybody. He had the sections of the Old Testament, but that's what he had. He didn't have the completed Bible. We have everything today in a completed word of God. And we can quote Old Testament, New Testament verses. We can simply say, if God before me, you cannot be against me. We can quote the word of God that says, that everything I do is gonna prosper. We can quote Old Testament verses that David wrote. We can quote New Testament verses. Again, like David said, I once was young, now am I old, but I've never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed begging bread. I can look at things that look like they're gonna cut my life to ribbons. It looks like it's gonna yank away all the, the natural things I trust in. And I can look at that and say, no, if God be for me, you cannot be against me. I can say that God not only takes care of me, but also take care of my seed. I've never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed, his children begging bread and Satan, I will not be begging bread. God is going to provide for me. This is how we come against Satan and we pull out the sword of God. In both cases, it's called the sword of the spirit is called that because it's the Machaira. It's again, the most greatest sword ever invented in the ancient world. And it doesn't even look like it. Like I said, it looks like an oversized knife that you carry with you about 18 inches long. And again, the word you studied for personal growth now becomes a weapon to use against the problems of life and Satan himself. Again, the sword that God has given to us inside of us, his sword is the word of God working inside of ourselves. But the moment we take it and start to speak it out of our mouth, it becomes an offensive weapon against Satan himself and against the problems and demons of life. Jesus used the word at the temptations of Satan. Jesus used faithful words and cursed a tree, but he also told us that we can speak to mountains and they would move. We can speak to things in Romans 8, 31. What shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, you cannot be against us. There were three temptations that came at Jesus, first of all, many later, because it said that Satan only departed for a season. But in all three temptations, Jesus said, it is written, it is written, it is written. Jesus spent 30 years putting the word of God inside of himself. And the last three years he was here on this earth before he was crucified, he began to bring it out and use it against the temptations of Satan, against the problems of life. And three times he said, it is written, it is written, it is written. And there were faithful words and it caused Satan to have to back off and leave for a season. What do you think God has given to us? The same word of God and we pull out against problems. What is it Romans 8, 31 is talking to us about? What shall we then say to these things? Well, those things are amplified in the verses following. Tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, peril, sword. Tribulation is the problems of life. Distress is all that anxiety that comes on you because of the problems you're going through. Persecution comes from Satan, from people as they come and threaten you about what they're gonna do. Famine is lack of food. Nakedness is lack of clothing. Peril is your life is in danger and sword means you're at war. All these things you're covered right here says, what should we then say to these things? In other words, as Jesus spoke, to a fig tree, then turned around and told his disciples they can speak to mountains, speaking again about the problems of life. He also says this verse of scripture through the apostle Paul, if God is for me, 
You cannot be against me. When's the last time you looked at a financial crisis coming at you and said, financial crisis, if God is for me, you cannot be against me. You can try to come against me as Satan tried to come against Jesus, but I'm gonna quote the word of God to you and I'm gonna come out a victor every single time. In other words, what God put in me in the word of God as a sword to start to cut away things that don't matter, I can now begin to pull out and use against the devil. And so the word in me comes from God as a sword, but the word used against Satan is what God has given me, the power of the word of God to literally turn my life around and bring victory in it. We'll continue this tomorrow. So have a good day and we'll continue right here next time. You can order resources, become a partner, or browse free articles and podcasts by visiting our website at bobyandian.com. You can also join our mailing list and receive weekly devotions and the latest ministry updates. If you would like to contact Bob Yandian Ministries, visit bobyandian.com and click on Contact. To contact us by mail, use the address on your screen. Thank you for watching today's broadcast. We'll see you next time on Student of the Word with Bob Yandian.